morning, y'all. Well, as uh, Danielle said, we are in the middle of a series entitled Ancient Wisdom, and we've been looking at the lives from people of the Old Testament and the wisdom or lack thereof of some of their decisions that they've made as a way to find a little wisdom for our own. And so today, we're going to look at uh, a great story about a very young man who had some great wisdom about how if we seek God and we're tenacious about it, we can find him and how we can reconnect with God if we're willing to do the work that it takes in order to make that happen. And, and I think this is really important because I think that we all have a desire to connect with God, and I'd be willing to bet that that's why we're sitting here this morning, right? And if you're like me, it's just difficult to know exactly how to do that. And there's a lot of us who also feel like we had that connection with God at one time, and just somewhere down the line, we lost it, and we're not sure how to get it back. But I think that the desire for that connection is something that is innate in us. We were created with it, and it's essential to the vitality of our souls because as you go back and you look at the very beginning of time in the creation account we see that God not only formed man in his own image but in Genesis chapter 2 it says that he breathed into man the breath of life right and it was only then that man became alive and became in the image of God and what that tells us is that In that moment, God breathed into us something of God, something eternal. It tells us there's some part of God that lies deep in the crevices of our souls that cause us to actually become empty in life unless we can make the spiritual connection that we were all created to have. In the uh, Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles is where we're going uh, this morning, and it, it tells the story of one of the youngest kings to ever rule the country of Israel, and his name was Josiah. And uh, believe it or not, Josiah was only eight years old when he took over the throne. It was the custom in that day that You know, when the king died, um, the throne would be passed on to his firstborn son. And it didn't matter what age they were, they would rule the country. And, uh, you know, I I think about my son when he was eight, or even 18 for that matter. (laughs) You know, it's a good thing that uh, they didn't have Xbox or Grand Theft Auto or something back in the day, because I'm sure the country would have been screwed. But... uh, (laughs) The, uh, the, uh, the truth is, like, this kid actually did pretty good. So in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, it says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He was one of the few great kings of Israel who wholeheartedly followed God. So this young king, Josiah, inherited the throne from some of the most wicked kings in the history of Israel. And 
because of this long reign of terror, basically, the people of Israel had abandoned the ways of God, and they had instead taken up the practice of worshiping idols. And there were idols everywhere, all over the country, and it seems that this had been going on for so long that everyone had forgotten all about God and what it means to live in the ways of God. Even the temple had been abandoned, which was the sacred building of their people, and it had fallen into a bad state of disrepair. And so this was the setting when young King Josiah took over at one of the darkest points in Israel's history. Now, I think this story provides a great metaphor for us uh, because I think sometimes the same thing can hold true in our own lives, right? That sometimes we forget. Sometimes we are like the people of Israel. We've gotten so wrapped up in our own stuff, in the junk of this world for so long that we have pushed God out. And we forget. We forget what it's even like to live in the ways of God, to live in such a way that we have an intimate, strong relationship with God. Well, it goes on in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 3 and 4, and it says, His zeal, Josiah's zeal uh, for the one true God, began in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a child of 16. But he did not begin his reforms of the kingdom until he was 20. And then he removed all the idols and chopped down the altars of Baal and smashed and carved the molten images of Asherah and all the other gods. So in the eighth year of his reign, when he is the ripe old age of 16, like somehow this kid has this intuition of he knows that something's off. He knows something's wrong and, and, and he and his people are not living the way that they were designed to live. There was no roadmap here for him on this, but he knows in his heart that following God was the right thing to do. And so as he begins to get deeper into his quest to follow God, he started to realize that his people had forgotten what it was like to live in the ways of God. They had all strayed away. And so by the time he turns 20, he begins to do something about it. Josiah commissions the the destruction of all the Asherah poles and all the other idols that took people away from following God. Now Asherah, by the way, was the uh, Canaanite goddess of fertility. And when we read history, we read ironically that she wasn't like a very attractive lady. And the Asherah pole that they speak of here would be something similar to like a totem pole. And it was often, you know, a log that was carved with the image of Asherah. And so it was a lot of times they were these very scary looking carvings that were created. But these poles became a symbol of the fact that God had been pushed out of their lives and replaced with all the wrong Stuff. You know, I'd be willing to bet that as we look around at all the nooks and crannies and crevices of our own lives, that there are things that exist in our life that are symbolic of the fact that we have 
replaced God with the superficiality of this world. It's certainly not as blatant as an Asherah pole. But sometimes it can come in the form of some material item or our bank account. It can come in the form of some unhealthy relationship. Or in this day and age, it can come in the form of a computer or a phone. When there's stuff in our lives that take priority over God, anything that takes us away from spending time and developing in our relationship with God, we need to disrupt those areas of our lives so that we can create a clear path to get reconnected with God. Well, it goes on in verse 8, and it says, By the 18th year of his reign, Josiah had cleansed the nation and the temple, and now it was time to repair them both by rebuilding the temple of the one true God. So by the age of 26, I mean, the wisdom of this kid at such a young age is amazing. He decided to fully embrace God and walk in his ways. And so after he had destroyed all the images of evil, he turned his attention to repairing and restoring the temple of God, this sacred place that no one had gone in in years. They cleaned out all the cobwebs and began to repair the the structure so that it could be brought back to the great place of worship for God that it once was. Josiah wanted that the temple would once again become the central focus of his country, symbolically putting God at the center. When we make a decision that we have this desire to connect with God or to reconnect with God. Usually that means there's some stuff we got to clear out. We have to do the same thing. We have to get rid of the bad habits in our lives. We stop doing the sinful things that we were once doing so that we can clear out what is central to our lives to create space for God to abide there. And I think that many of us have done a great job probably of clearing out all the bad stuff, moving past our past, getting out of addictions and issues and stuff that we have faced throughout the history of our lives, and we've moved on. But the problem is this. If we don't replace all of the bad stuff with good stuff, it leaves a void for us. It leaves our lives empty because we've never replaced the bad habits in our lives with new ones that keeps the bad stuff out once and for all. Jesus once said that unless we replace the sin in our lives that we have cut out with the stuff of God, that sin is going to creep back in over time because we're going to start missing those old habits again and all of that stuff that we work so hard to get rid of comes back again, only this time, Jesus says, it comes back twice as bad. And that's pretty scary. I have a strong belief that the secret to staying connected with God is not about getting rid of the bad stuff. It's not about the don'ts of Christianity. 
It's about filling ourselves up, filling our lives up with the stuff of God and creating opportunities for God to show up. Because I have to tell you, we've created no space in our lives for God just to be able to show up. And there is a certain, I really do believe this, there is a certain ritualistic element of doing that where we actually look at our schedules for those of us who are schedule driven and we have it packed with all of this stuff and we have to be willing to create space in our calendar for the stuff of God because when we look at our calendars it has a very clear picture of what the priorities are in our lives and so if we're not creating space for spending time with God in you know, early morning meditation that we're getting up early or to come to church or to be part of a small group or to volunteer or to spend time just reading the Bible. All of those things are creating the good habits in our lives that fills our lives up, that helps to center our lives in God. So in other words, when our souls are in need of repair, it's not a time to start whining about how the fact that, you know, I can't seem to grow in our relationship with God. It's a time that we roll up our sleeves and we have to be willing to do the work to bring God back, to do the work that it takes to bring healing to our souls. To stop talking about it and start doing something. Well, it goes on in verses 14 and 15, it says, As Josiah's men were cleaning out the temple, Hilkiah, the priest, made an unexpected discovery. It says, Deep inside the temple storerooms, long forgotten, was the book of God, which is to say the book of the law, he had given, that God had given to the Israelites through Moses. Hilkiah said, Look what I have found. This is God's book, which was buried deep inside the temple. So as they were cleaning the temple, they came across this old dust-covered book. They cleaned it up and discovered that it was a book that had been misplaced for years to the point that everyone had forgotten that it even existed. It is believed by most scholars that what they found were the first five books of the Bible often referred to as the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These were often called the book of law. And the the scholars believe that the original copy that they found was probably written by Moses himself. Its message had gone unheard for generations. And so most people had no idea what was even in it. And it had now, this national treasure had now been rediscovered. And so the book was taken immediately to King Josiah. And for the first time in his life, the king heard the word of God. And as the book was being read, Josiah became overwhelmed with sorrow because suddenly he knew. Everything that he intuitively knew in his heart was confirmed and he knew the truth. He and his people could no longer live in ignorance. The word of God was right there in black and white and for the first time he knew that he and his people were lost because they were not following the ways of God. 
And so Josiah became so convicted and so sad because he knew that his people had abandoned God that he set out to heal the nation through bringing the word of God back into all of their lives. There is a place, even thousands of years later, that you can encounter God. And it's a place that may be buried deep under some pile of magazines, but it's there. And it's a place where God waits for you to come to him. When you encounter God in the Bible, the truth is convicting, just as it was in the case of Josiah. And it's sometimes hard to hear because it confirms what we intuitively know but maybe have ignored and maybe have run away from. But it is all the time life-changing because we continue to get new revelations as we grow and as we go through our life about the wisdom that the Word of God brings to the way that we should live. We can no longer live in ignorance about the ways of God because we don't have to guess anymore because it's right there in black and white about what God wants of us. And we become convicted about the stuff in our lives that we need to change. When we encounter the word of God in a real way, as it was in the case of Josiah, the response that God is looking for is one of repentance and humility and authenticity, and ultimately all of that leads to change. So that we now make a renewed commitment to walk in the ways of God. Well, it goes on in verses 29 to 31. It says, Josiah immediately calls the entire nation together, great and small, priest and layman, man and woman. They all went up to the temple of God, where Josiah read to them from the book of the covenant that was found in the temple of God. And there the king and the entire assembly of Jerusalem stood, and they renewed their commitment to God, promising to follow his ways, obey his laws, and walk with God for the rest of their days. It's amazing how this young kid just had enough wisdom and insight to be able to lead his people back to God. It's incredible. And so the story goes on that he brought everyone from the entire country into the city of Jerusalem just so that he could read to them from the word of God. I mean, can you, can you imagine if we summoned you all here you know, on a Sunday morning and said, hey, we're going to spend the rest of the day for all day until like 10 o'clock tonight. We're just going to read from the Bible. Y'all be going bonkers, right? If you're going, man, I can't, especially the book of Leviticus or whatever he was reading. But, you know, he brought it back and, and he really wanted to reconnect his people. And obviously back then the scriptures weren't accessible to everyone. So the way to do that was to read it out loud so that everybody could hear it. And the people of Israel had rediscovered the presence of God in their lives. Well, the story ends up in verse 33, and Josiah, it says that Josiah abolished all false worship around the country, making certain that everyone in Israel served the eternal God, and the people remained faithful to God throughout Josiah's reign. Josiah's encounter with God in the Bible 
changed his life forever. And the Bible says that now our lives are the temple of God, right? If the temple is symbolic of the place where God is, it's now after Jesus' death that our lives have become the temple where God dwells. We can experience the presence of God in our own lives. We don't have to go to the temple. There's no longer a separation between us and God. And sometimes our own temples, our own lives can become like the one in Israel during the time of Josiah where we fall into a bad state of disrepair. Our lives get out of control. Our souls can become dry and dusty and cobwebs can form over our heart, making us calloused and God gets pushed further and further out of our lives. But there is this book. There's this book that, for many of us, has been lost for a long time. Maybe it's on a shelf somewhere gathering dust. Maybe it's in a box down in the basement. I mean, it could literally be sitting right there on your coffee table and you see it every day and never touch it, right? Whatever it is, for many of us, the Bible has been removed from our lives for so long that we've forgotten. We've just plain old forgot what's in here and what God expects of us and what God wants of us. And maybe we hear bits and pieces of it on a Sunday morning, but we can't quite get ourselves to pick it up on a Monday and begin to read through it and to be inspired about what it has to say. And I have to say that this is the place where we encounter God in the deepest way. And when we don't encounter this, we get lost. It gets lost in the chaos of our lives. And without it, we're like people on a journey without a map. Because this is the only source of truth that we have that points us to eternity. This is the only source of truth that we have that points us to whatever the heck is the meaning of and purpose of this life that we're in and trying to figure it out. So could it be time to pick it up again? Dust it off. Take it out. Spend some time rediscovering the presence of God in the pages of this book. If you don't have a copy, we have Bibles out in the back that you can just pick up and take. We want it to be accessible to everyone. I believe that spiritual renewal comes out of a rediscovery of the Word of God. Because the Bible is the place that we can encounter God in such a real way, with such a depth, that it can rejuvenate us and breathe life back into our empty souls. And so for many of us who are searching to connect with God, the next step in our relationship with God is real simple. It's to spend more time with Jesus. And I gotta tell you, I am like the worst at it. I am really bad. 
I will pick up this book and I will study it to make sure that I have a sermon prepared or I'm looking for some quote or something. But to really open this book up and to spend time in it and really try to experience the presence of God, this is not in me. And for me, it's a lot of work to be able to force myself into this discipline. And I've been weak and I need to renew that commitment to get back into the scriptures because I believe that that is something that is absolutely life-changing. When was the last time that you sat down in the quiet of the day and intentionally allowed yourself to sit before God, seeking his presence in prayer or study or encountering God in the scriptures? You know, the Bible is like this supernatural book that was designed by God himself that somehow some way when we delve into the scriptures God shows up I can't explain it he just does and God uses this to bring spiritual renewal and maturity and the purpose of the Bible is not that we approach it academically like some textbook it's not so that we can gain knowledge so that we can spew memorize scriptures to make people think that we're real smart or some super Christian or something. Reading the Bible is about hanging out with Jesus. It's about sitting at the feet of Jesus and letting the direction of our lives be determined about what's clear in this book. The Bible says itself that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And the word inspired literally means to breathe in. To read from the words of the Bible is to breathe in the very breath of God. And I have to tell you that we were created from the beginning to breathe in the breath of God. Just showing up every day, best you can in the Bible, I promise you this. There you will encounter the God that you desperately seek. Breathe deep the word of God and allow your weary soul to be renewed.